Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So I've entitled my message, The Shadow of Powerful Progress. I thought that was quite a good title. The shadow of powerful progress because God wants to make you to have great progress in your life. And uh, it's, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you might have had a bad start, you might have had an average start. Can I just tell you tonight, God wants you to have a great start in Jesus' name. So the shadow of powerful progress. So I'm going to read from uh, 1 Samuel 17. I'm talking on the story of uh, David and Goliath tonight. That's the passage that I'm using as I talk about the shadow of powerful progress. Here we go. 1 Samuel 17 verse 8, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. He said, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. And the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. This passage, everybody, in the Word of God in 1 Samuel 17 is one of the most powerful stories in the Bible where it's talking about a great giant called Goliath. He was huge. Huge legs, huge in stature, huge arms. And uh, he was absolutely somebody who terrified the children of Israel. And uh, he, he, in every battle, he would win. And now he is picking a fight and he wants to fight God's people. And he's saying, and the Philistines were fighting God's people. And he's saying, send me your best. Send me the best guy you got. And think of the toughest UFC fight that you have seen. And he is basically saying, you have seen nothing until I get in the ring with that guy, what I'm going to do to him. And the Bible tells us that once again, the Israel, Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Not only is this a historical story, everybody, but every time we read the Word of God, God is always trying to bring spiritual truth to you and I in September uh, 2023. God wants you to have spiritual understanding. And so His Word is not there uh, just to contain history. His Word is there to bring insight to you so that you in your life have understanding about the spiritual world that you live in. By the way, if you have been born again, you are living in God's supernatural kingdom and uh, you are walking on planet Earth, though you are also walking in the kingdom of God. And so you are naturally spiritual, spiritually natural, but... I want to encourage you, God has got a purpose and a plan for your life. And when we read this story, really, this is speaking to all of us that if you're going to get anywhere in life, there is going to be a giant that is going to come for you at some point. And uh, there will be situations that seemingly uh, giant, giant situations. How do I overcome that? How do I conquer that? But God wants to let you know that it's through those situations that many times God is actually working to bring about powerful progress in your life. 
So let me just say, here's my first point. Your pressure, your seeming giant that is right now in your life, whatever it may be, is quite possibly the great opportunity for you to progress as a person, but also to progress in your walk with God and into the plan of God. So what I discovered is many of the things that I resisted in days gone by, I need to stop resisting, but start to embrace and realise that that pressure or that seeming giant may just be an opportunity for my life. That pressure, that seeming giant, or that thing that seems so big may actually be really an opportunity for you to progress in who God's called you to be if you will allow God to change your perspective. We all need a fresh perspective. And I've also discovered this, that opportunity comes when there's opposition. Opportunity comes when there's opposition. You need opposition in order many times for us to rise up. But I believe that behind opposition, there is always an opportunity for personal growth. Or there's also opportunity for maybe where you're serving God, your family, your ministry, your workplace that is often unseen because we're too busy looking at the problem, the pressure or the seeming giant in the situation. And so right now, uh, Israel has got a giant who's threatening them all. Everybody's fearful because they've seen what this guy's done before. And so they're dismayed and they're like, what to do? And then the Bible tells us that in verse 16, that he stood there for 40 days, every morning and every evening, he took his stand persistent. And uh, the giant was not giving up. We need to think, uh, think through some of the things that just seem not to be um, you know, stopping, the pain that doesn't seem to stop, the pressure that doesn't seem to stop that maybe just maybe there's something in that for you if you will change your view of it. Maybe just maybe there's great progress for you spiritually with the Lord. If you would just have a new perspective and say, God, show me in this situation what is going on here and how, Lord, this can work for me to know you in a greater way. You know, sometimes if we won't walk with the Lord when God saved us and we're like, we're just playing around, sometimes God will let a giant come along. Here, let me just say this, to wake us up. <laughs> God says, I'm going to wake you up. You are a hard case. So God says, I'm going to get a giant big, a situation that's big that actually forces us in a way to fall onto God. Forces us to, we got to go to God. Sometimes if we aren't pressured, we haven't got a giant, we kind of chill with God. We kind of treat Him, you know, hey, nice to see you. But we're not actually walking with God. We're not actually passionate for God. We're not actually walking in His purpose and plan. And so sometimes God, He's not necessarily sending a giant to our life. I don't believe that. But I do believe He'll allow it if it brings you and I awake to Him and His purpose for our lives. Now, David was a teenager. And he, uh, he was young and he's looking after some sheep. He would become the greatest king that Israel ever had. But this story is also talking about the development of him, his character, his life, so that he could become in time Israel's greatest king. 
But right here, he's a teenager. He's seeing what's going on. He's seeing all the men fearful. He's seeing the giant standing up and something in him begins to rise. My prayer for you tonight is that something in your life will begin to rise. That you won't get down the track, years down the track and waste your life and waste any more time, but something in you will get on the inside that begins to say, I've got to get up. I've got to get moving. I've got to get forward. I can't stay where I am. I've got to have change. And in line with that change, I believe that God doesn't want us to have change for change's sake. He wants us to have change so that you are free. You become who God's called you to be. And also that you are impacting the lives of people who God has called you to impact while you are here in your time on earth. So David, this teenager, knowing this uh, giant, knowing his history, knowing the fear, in verse 22, I love it, it says, David left his things, verse 22, with a keeper of supplies, look at this, and he ran to the battle. He ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. Everybody, how good. This teenager's like, hang on a minute. I'm not only going to get up, and I love it. Another translation says, he left his baggage with the keeper of supplies. There's a thought for some of us. One translation says things. Another one says baggage. Can I encourage you? Leave your baggage with God. <laughs> Leave your baggage and say, Lord, I know I've got a lot of baggage. Lord, I've got quite a lot of it. But Lord, I'm going to leave that with you and I'm going to head into the battle. This teenager is up and the Bible says he's actually running to the battle lines. He is up, he's active. On the inside of him, there is a knowledge that God is with me, that somehow in the midst of everything that's gone on in my life, I'm young, I'm, you know, I'm not experienced, but something in him is telling him, go to the battle. Everybody, can I encourage you, go to the battle with God. Go to the battle with the Lord. Go to the battle with His Word. Go to the battle filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you right now, there'll be people here and nobody will know, but you've got a battle going on and I wanna encourage you, take God to your battle. (laughs) And here's a big thought, listen to this, miracles begin to happen when you move. Let me say that again, miracles begin to happen when you move. It's amazing how many people are sitting down and at key times in their life, they're sitting down when actually, fact, you need to move. You need to move. You need to get up. You need to take a step. You need to turn off your phone. <laughs> Can I encourage you? Your phone is putting you into a coma. <laughs> turn off your phone. You need to really say, I've got to give that place over there and I've got to get up and I've got to move towards God and I've got to get up and move right now in an area of your life that maybe you're kind of like, you're kind of dissing that. But in actual fact, God's saying, no, I want you to pay attention to that. It's amazing how God can talk to you and you're like, you know, uh, things are going on in your life, but you will know, you'll hear the voice of God saying, hey, pay attention to that. Get up and do that. You've got to move your hand for God to anoint it. You've got to, let me say it again. You've got to move your hand for God to anoint it. You've got to get up and do something that you've never done before to have something you've never had before. Don't, don't be jealous ever of what other people have. Never be jealous of whatever, what other people have because they paid a price that maybe you're not willing to pay. 
Come on, don't be jealous of people who paid a price that maybe you're not willing to pay. You just got to determine that you too are going to get up and move and begin to pay a price like somebody else paid, maybe in a different arena, different area. But as you pay the price, you're going to begin to move into blessing and breakthrough that you see other people have. These guys know I've said this for a long time. If you pay now with, with stepping up and moving and surrendering to God, you'll play later. But if you play now, young person, you'll pay later. You just determine when you pay. You just determine when you play. So I determine as a young man, get up, Jared, get serving in God's house, get following the Lord, pay now. And now as I hit 60, I'm playing where a lot of 60 year olds are paying. You just determine where you pay and where you play. But by the way, it's not too late if you're an older person, but what you need to do is say, Lord, I'm getting up now. And I love it. The Bible says that God restores the years that the locust has eaten and the canker worm. What that is saying is God will restore the years that the devil has taken from you when you begin to move towards Him. When you begin to move towards His house. When you begin to move towards His kingdom. When you begin to move into what God is calling you to do in His house. And then out to the community, then God starts moving to you. You know, a train with a brick in front of the wheel that one brick will stop it moving. You put a brick on the, on the railway track, that train won't move forward. But once that train has got momentum, that train will quickly in seconds smash through a brick wall when it's up and going at a, a, a good speed. That's really a picture of us. When you're moving, you will break through things that you will not move if on the inside and on the outside you're sitting down. Let me say that again. There are things that you can break through on if you get up on the inside and get up on the outside and you begin to move, you will move through uh, things that were like, hello, walls. They might be spiritual walls. They might be relational walls. They might be mental walls. But you'll begin to push through them when you get up and you move. And once again, to steer a car anywhere, it's got to be moving. So can I encourage you tonight, do something. Come on, do something. Do something, not just anything foolish. Do something. Get some wise people around you. Get some wise leaders around you. Get some wise Christians around you. Don't come up with stuff. Ask them, what should I be doing now? And I want to tell you, as you get going, particularly if you're new to the things of the faith, you need people around you to say, hey, here's the way to go. Here's the way to walk. People who take instruction end up becoming great wise people down the track. So I want to encourage you, get around those who are moving. So the Bible tells us, as we read on verse 24, that whenever the Israelites saw the giant, they all fled and were in great fear. So fear has swallowed them up with this giant. It's amazing how fear can get hold of your heart. It's amazing how fear can get hold of people's lives. You know, the Bible says uh, in Hebrews about it talks about how people were held in, the, in fear and bondage and it was the fear of death, the haunting fear of death, the Bible says, all the days of their lives. People who are in fear and bondage over dying, people in fear. Can I encourage you, God has not called you to be fearful. Come on, God has not called you to be fearful. 
and but people go straight to fear. I want to encourage you right now, go straight to God. <laughs> go straight to God. Go straight to God's Word. When you have fear come on you, stop, take a breath and say, Jesus, I give you that fear. A bird can fly over your head. You don't need to let it nest on your head. Fear is the same. It can fly around. It doesn't mean you let it nest. You need to say, God, there's that fear. And you might say, well, I have fear all day. Right, give it to God every 20 seconds. Lord, there's that fear. Lord, there's that fear. Lord, there's that anxiety. Lord, there's that fear. Lord, there's that fear. You'll be surprised how much money you'll save on medication. (laughs) You'll be rich. And you won't need to dye your hair purple, green and yellow. You will be free of anxiety when you give it to God. We're in such a culture of fear. People are fearful. And I want to say to you, I started out fearful, but I'm not a fearful person now. I never go to bed. I don't think I ever go to bed with fear. I don't think I ever do. And the Bible says God gives His beloved sleep. Everybody, you need to grab that Scripture and say, Lord, I'm your beloved. Thanks, I'll have some sleep. Give everything to God. Give your fears to God. Give your bills to God. Give your worries to God. And if you've got to do that every 30 seconds, do that every 30 seconds till you get a breakthrough. And say to the Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're going to help me to sleep tonight. And uh, get up and make some, what is it, hot cup of tea? About 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then go and sit down quietly somewhere till 10. There we go. That's my recipe. Put on some worship music in the background. Uh, yeah, Don't be on your iPad at 10 o'clock at night and then saying, I can't sleep because it's lighting up your brain. We need to say, Jesus, help me now to get some rest and, uh, and um, start the day fresh again the next day. You know, um, the battle you're facing can be a multi-layered breakthrough. The battle you're facing can be a multi-layered breakthrough. Some of the things that Sue and I faced in days gone by, I just thought, oh, well, that's just gonna be isolated to that area. No, God was allowing some things to happen that would cause us to have to need Him more than ever, would cause us, hello, to either choose pride or humility. But in all of it, God was building strength and breakthrough in us for the future. I, uh, because my, my um, dad was so out of control, so roller coaster in his life and how he would do do life, how he would be one thing when he came home one day, another personality another day. All of that just set me up to try and control things, right? Try and keep it all secure, all controlled, all organised. And I remember one night, Sue and I were going out to church at the church we're going to, which is Jack Haynes's church. We're in the youth, youth team, whatever that meant at the time. I don't know how they put me in the youth team, but anyway... And, uh, and Sue and I were in a hurry and uh, we were running late and it was a big event happening. And Sue came out and I was backing uh, our car down a driveway. We were living in a block of flats in Penrith in New South Wales. And uh, we're, Sue's coming down the driveway and she's got two shoes on. And I'm like, what is she doing? And she's got a different shoe on in the headlight of my car asking me which shoe to wear with her outfit. <laughs> so she's got this shoe up, that shoe up. And I'm doing what all the guys... Uh, thinking, 
Wear them both. I don't mind what you do. Wear those ones. <laughs> like two different shoes. It's going to be fun. Whatever. And then Sue's going, no, which shoe? And then I'm like, I'm getting like, just wear whatever. Just bring both the shoes, right? And she's like, no, I want to know which shoe, which is the one. <laughs> so anyway, so she get that. I'm getting more stressed. I'm getting more stressed. And then the next minute when Sue got in the car, I just kind of like backed down the driveway quickly and I hit the wall at the front of the apartments. And the apartments, when I had... I'd say 25, 30 letterboxes in the wall. And I remember looking as I just hit it and I looked in the rear vision mirror and as I'm looking, I can see the wall go like that. And then I saw the wall fall over and the whole wall fell over. And there were 30 letterboxes that were in a concrete wall just all across the front lawn of the place. Anyway, I was just, everything in me that's trying to now control everything, make sure everything's on all right and just, you know, organise and that. In one foul swoop, uh, Sue had, no, <laughs> no, I had hit the thing and taken it out. And now it was just like, I could not believe the mess that we're doing. Now, here's what happened. My wife couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it was the biggest disaster for me. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. It's terrible. It's akin to the Titanic. I'm making it bigger than Ben-Hur. And Sue's like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. She's like, oh. Anyway, I had to end up picking up all the letterboxes and carrying them and putting them in our garage and stacking them all up against the wall. Anyway, and I can hear Sue. Ah! <laughs> and I'm like, just go inside. Anyway, so I, don't, I can't remember if we went to the event or not. I think we still went to the event. I put all the letterboxes in. But when I got home late at night, I had to go knock on his door and say, hey, you know when you go to get your mail on Monday? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, it's in our garage. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, your letterbox is in our garage. And they went, why is our letterbox in your garage? I said, I hit the wall. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, anyway so I went in and I was like so ticked about it. And then Sue walks in the, into our apartment. <laughs> She's like, she couldn't, she thought, she said, this has made my night. Like everybody, for me, it was like the end of the earth. It was, it was not the end. People have got far greater problems than knocking everyone. Now look, it was bad, (laughs) but it wasn't the end of the world. Can I encourage you? It's how we see it. And I had to quickly change my attitude and my perspective to go, this is not the end of the world. It's a problem, it's like a challenge, but it's not the end of the world. Stop making things the end of the world that actually have the potential to help you, hello, lose control. God was trying to get me to trust Him now in what was a problem to me and to the neighbours as well. But uh, God was trying to, this, and also realise this is not a drama. Stop dramatising this. No one's lost their life. No one's in hospital. I feel like going to hospital. No one's in hospital. And, uh, but God was saying, need to calm down on that and learn in this situation to get a breakthrough that it's all right when things go wrong. That I could trust God and not try and control everything in the midst of the challenges. So everybody, let's remember that. This could be your multi-layered breakthrough if you see it with new eyes in Jesus' name. You know, when uh, David was, he was, he'd run to the battle and the Bible tells us in verse 28 that he's got a brother named Eliab and the brother is ticked that David has run to the battle full of faith. And verse 28, it says that he burned with anger at David. And he's like, why have you come down here? Who did you leave the sheep within the wilderness? And he goes, and this is what the brother said. He said, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. This is Eliab to David. And he says, you came down only to watch the battle. 
And he's actually putting David down because he's picking up. David is about to do something. He's looking like he wants to get into the fight, but the brother is threatened. When you step up and you begin to step past your challenges and and actually when you begin to step up to your giants, don't be put off everybody when other people around you are threatened. Eliab is threatened. You start going for God, you'll have family threatened. When you start wanting to leave your victim life, which was me, and you start to say, I don't want to be that. I don't want to stay there. I want to have what God wants for me. I don't want to live in poverty. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in depression. Get ready for everybody not to be happy. I was like surprised. I was like, these people seriously want me like, you know, back where we were. And they were threatened by me standing up to my giant, hello, which was so much brokenness in my life and saying, I want to move past that into who God's called me to be. Listen, everyone, David's character was challenged and maligned as he stood up to his giant. Don't be put off. When people challenge your character, they'll malign you when you're actually standing up to your giant. Why is that? Because you make people feel uncomfortable when you want to go forward. You make people feel uncomfortable when you start challenging the status quo. You make people feel uncomfortable when you say, I'm going to stand up to my giant. I don't want to stay in fear. I want to move forward. And so now David's motives are being misread. They're being misunderstood. And he's got challenges because he's standing up to the giant. Here's what's interesting. The less people, hang on, the less people that you have in your life or as a, somebody who becomes influential, well, I've discovered when you start, you know, you start becoming influential, the less people that love you, the less haters you have. Just remember that. You start not having a whole lot of influence, you'll have less people loving you, but you'll have less haters. The more people will love you because you're starting to have more influence in your life, you'll have more haters. That's how it goes. Jesus had that. Jesus was healing the people. He is feeding the people. And the more He did, the more the religious people hated Him. Don't be put off when with confusion because now you're doing what is good, what is right, what is character-filled, and suddenly people are disliking you because you're doing what is good and you're also facing your giant. Envy is a super challenge. Remember Joseph's coat of technicolor coat? Who remembers that? Well, can I tell you that Joseph's technicolor coat, one of the colours he had in his coat was green. Green is a difficult colour for anybody who's going to step up and go forward in what God called them to do. Now, when I talk about green, I'm talking about jealousy and envy. And David was here in this situation His issue was not him being jealous, but Eliab was envious of something David was about to do. The challenge for, I think it's much more challenging for people is not when you're jealous of other people, but when you have people jealous of you because you're stepping up to the giant. You're stepping up to move forward. Somebody once said, success can be stressful. Success can be stressful because you're now moving forward and then suddenly the green in your coat (laughs) is coming alive not because you're jealous because other people are jealous of what you're doing where you're conquering 
And uh, I've discovered it. You, it'll bring about, it'll bring out envy. It'll bring out envy in people if you break through, and they don't always like it. So, the only way to avoid having challenges with people, by the way, in any area of your life, is to stay down. So you can either, in your life, get up <laughs> and begin to be who God's called you to be, face your giants ignore naysayers and people who come against you or you can lay down and you can play dead. Can I encourage you? That's not living. That's not life. Even if you lay dead, what do they say? Animals won't even bite you if you lay down. But the risk of being bitten in life by a person or people or even friends because you decide to get up or even relatives, Eliab, is worth it rather than playing dead and living in a place that you know this is not where I'm meant to be. Can I encourage everybody? Get up. <laughs> Don't run away. Don't run away. Run to the battle. Run to God. Run to the fight. Run to the people who can help you. It's amazing how many people will run from the very people who can help them and they'll run back to the very people who hurt them. Give yourself sabotage to God. And say, Lord, help me to stop sabotaging and running to people who keep burning me and help me to run towards people, Lord, who are going where I need to go in Jesus' Name. And let me say that, even if it risks family or friends hating on you, sometimes that can happen because you're running. You want to run forward. You want to, I don't want to stay here. It, and as I said, it's amazing how many people love you dysfunctional. Love you in the past. And the moment you start to move forward, they're like, hang on a minute, get back to where you were. And we say, we're going to say, no thanks, I'm moving forward. Some of us are also great counselling other people to take risks. We're like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah, buddy, you, you, you got that. Oh, yeah, you should do that. And we're telling everybody else, yet we never tell ourselves. Stop telling everybody else to take a risk. Oh yeah, you got this. Oh yeah. Sometimes we're just flattering people and it's almost like a deflection to keep them away from the fact that we need to tell ourselves, come on, you need to do this. You need to take a risk. And David was taking a risk to get in the fray with a giant and he was about to do it with a slingshot and a pebble. <laughs> How incredible. I love that. God gives divine ability that would defy your logic when you're in a battle and you have put Him in the centre of it. Battle in your relationship, battle in your job, battle in your finances. David had a slingshot and a stone and he was a teenager coming against a giant. That's all he had. And the Bible says that David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword, verse 45, and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the Name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh my gosh. Everybody, you need a perspective change. David had a perspective change. His perspective was, God is with me. If God is with me and I'm doing it under God, who can be against me? The victory is with me. And by the way, everybody, if you don't yet know the Lord, the Lord can be with you as well 
and He can walk with you through the challenges of your life. And the Bible tells us, verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it's not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. Listen to this, for the battle is the Lord's. Everybody, for the battle is the Lord's. Come on, the battle is the Lord's. Come on, the battle that you're having, internal, external, the battle is the Lord's. God's with you in the battle. And if it's an internal battle, welcome to the Christian life. Welcome to the Christian life where we go on inward journeys and say, Lord, I give you my fears. Lord, I give you my challenge. You need to just verbalise it and then say, God, I'm giving you this. I love it. He, As I said, he uh, ran to the battle line. The Bible says in verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle and the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag, taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Wow, this week and last week, gee, we've been doing some heavy duty attacking head messages. Here's the thought on that, everyone. Use what you've got to take down the giant that is assailing you. Use what you've got. You're like, what have I got? A job, a friend, a place of service, God's house, place of sacrifice, where you may need to stretch, maybe a recovery centre, hello? There's a stone to take down a giant. A family, a dormant gift, an undeveloped talent, a godly leader or somebody that God's put around you in the house of God who can help you. If you'll open your eyes and look and see that there's a stone sitting down from you, a living stone. He may just come along and help you shoot right at the enemy that is trying to take you out. And the Bible tells us when David shot at him that he triumphed in verse 50 over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Then verse 51, David ran and stood over him. He took out of the Philistine's sword, drew it from the sheath. I love this. And he killed him and cut off his head with a sword. Come on. How good is that? Oh, right. That was so good. He was saying, this giant that tried to take me out, you're done in Jesus' Name. I'm never going to fight you again. This was a one-time fight. You're finished. By the way, David would have other giants come along and he had some good fights. Some he won, a couple he lost. But I want to encourage you, there are fights that God will let you face that He's saying, win in this fight win in this fight. Maybe where your family has lost for generations, God goes to you. Listen, teenager, that's been your family for generations, but anxiety and fear will not be part of your life. Poverty will no longer be part of your life. Addiction stays here and that's going to be defeated in your life. I think Sue and I look back at the grace of God as we both got up and, hello, ran to the line. (laughs) Sometimes running to the line going, Jesus, (laughs) We're running. (laughs) Help us now. God goes, I will. There is things that got defeated because we ran to the line and we ran in God's goodness and grace. Just remember, as I said before, your pressure, your seeming giant may well be your opportunity if you change your perspective. This is not the end, everybody. This is the beginning. When I gave my life to the Lord at 18 and a half years old, I was more like 40 years old from everything I'd been through in my childhood. 
And I thought, what? And I felt really old. And I was like, how can you do anything now, God? I've been through so much. And I remember God telling me really, very quickly and clearly, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. You can have a new day tonight. You can have a brand new life. You can have a new future. You can have it, but you have to go, okay, I want to have that. Okay, I want that. Okay, I want to receive that. God's not moved by me just being in a coma position. He's moved when I'm like, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to have victory. God, I'm believing for a victorious life. And God says, as you move towards me, I am moving towards you. Tonight, everybody, God wants to move to you. Not only does He want to move towards you, He wants to be the Saviour of your life. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to be the helper of your life. He wants to be the best friend for your life. He wants to help you as you're going, hello, up against a giant right now. God says, I'll be with you. So and I've had so many giants. Giants have been told we can't have children. How do we deal with that? How do you deal with that situation? How do you deal with sickness? How do you deal with loss? How do you deal with that challenge? I'll tell you how. You say, God, this is a giant, but Lord, we're walking towards it. One step, one moment, hello, one hour at a time. But Father, as we walk, take our hand and walk with us. And Jesus says, I will, and I'll bring you through. And it doesn't matter what you're facing, if you will give it to God. And as I said before, sometimes it's every 20 seconds, sometimes it's every day. But whatever it is, until you get the breakthrough, I'm telling you, if you put God in the centre of it, your life will be changed and you will be changed in the process and you'll become the mighty warrior that God has called you to be. David became the greatest king that Israel ever knew. And that was not just because of what happened externally in his life. That happened because of his response internally to God. One, to get his life right with God with sorrow and repentance when he sinned, but also in that he had a heart after God. Go after God, everybody. And those things that years ago used to be so big to me and seemed to sail me and you know overwhelm me so much, those things no longer hold me. And today I've got a lot more victory and peace and grace and goodness. You are called to have the same. It's not for certain people. God doesn't go, certain people, I want to bless you. Certain people, I want to bless you. No, God says anybody who applies His Word, anybody who'll follow after Him, and anybody who will chase Jesus down, God says, I want to work in your life, work in your family, work in your finances. Somebody say hallelujah to that. <laughs> I want to work in your job situation. God wants to work, but He's waiting for us to bring Him in to the battle. That pressure, that problem is not your enemy. In fact, it may be your best friend. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.